Hello, I'm Andrew Fuller. I'm a clinical psychologist and work with children, teenagers and their families, particularly in the areas of resilience, learning strengths and well-being. I'm also the chairperson of Generation Next. And in this series of podcasts, I'll be speaking with people who are experts in their area in terms of mental health and well-being. Thank you for joining us and thank you for being part of the Generation Next podcast group. Thank you. Today, I'm delighted to basically uh, speak with Evelyn Field. Now, Evelyn probably needs very little introduction to many people, but nevertheless, she is a psychologist and the best-selling author of Bully Blocking and uh, Harry the Bully Blocker and a forthcoming manual on social skills, which we'll talk a bit about as well. And so today we're going to talk a bit about bullying, of course. We're going to talk about why people do it. We're going to talk about the effects, effectiveness of interventions, of course, some of the latest research in that and some of Evelyn's uh, choice hints really for helping young people or people of any age really in workplaces as well as schools or families who've been bullied. So Evelyn, welcome. It's great to be with you. Hello Andrew and lovely to catch up with you again and thank you for inviting me to be on the program and what I'd like to do is to encourage listeners to develop a new way of thinking about school bullying to think outside the square because what's happening inside is not really working very well. We've been doing this for a while now and you've been working in this area with great great, great devotion and thank you for doing that. I wonder your thoughts on why do human, these human beings like to bully one another? It seems a, a very prevalent kind of behaviour. And after all of these years of reflecting on it, do you think, have you, have you come to some understanding of why people do this? Well, um, the, the um, evidence is that people who grow up in warm, caring, supportive um, families where they're made accountable for their inappropriate behaviours are less likely to bully or to be bullied. But I think all of us have got a tendency to bully or to be targeted. I think that's part of the way we are. I think if you look at uh, all sorts of puppies, um, lion cubs, they will be bantering and biting and teasing each other, but they know when to stop. We see that with our own children. Well, they'll be fighting one moment, friends the next. But if nobody puts a curve on it, whether it's the parent or the teacher or an older sibling, then children think I'm allowed to get away with this behavior. So I think in the end of the day, bullies bully because they can. Nobody makes them out accountable. And as someone said to me recently, nobody calls it out. Do you think it's highlighted in conditions where there's uh, competitive hierarchies or rankings? Is it more prevalent in those settings than perhaps more egalitarian ones? Well, I think I think that's a wonderful question because I was just speaking to a school in Shanghai where I'll be speaking, not travelling, but speaking later this year, where there's a huge level of competition to get to the top you know, bodies quarreling over other bodies. So I would imagine that growing up in schools where you have to achieve so high and growing up in families where academic achievement is so important is a breeding ground for more abuse, violence and bullying. Uh -huh. Funny enough, you don't need to bully one another to succeed because if you look at what's going on in Israel and Jewish day schools where the children are really spoiled, they achieve just as well, if not better. There's more Nobel Prizes per capita in Israel than there is in China. It's unbelievable. Mm. 
China, you push your children down, and Israel, you think they're a genius from the moment they're born. Uh huh. <laughs> so we're on the side of the geniuses. Well done. <laughs> I, I like this already. So a fairly obvious question, but what are the negative effects of bullying? This is where it's become so um, horrifying for me. After two years of writing the school bullying book and now being asked to write the third one, um, things have changed a lot. We now know we've got lots of clear evidence that bullying changes the epigenetic structure of the brain, that the brain changes in, in terms of its actual uh, width. So children are affected in their learning, in their social skills, in their self-esteem, uh, in their increased likelihood of having psychological problems in adolescence, and certainly in adulthood. The, the list is huge. And if anyone wants a further list, by all means, by all means, email me. So what we know is that bullying is a very dangerous injury, and it can change a person's life forever. Yes, indeed, it can. So Evelyn, our attempts to stem it. Let's talk about schools firstly. How effective or ineffective have we been? What's the research telling us and what's your impression as well? Well, let's look at the numbers first. Um, when I wrote Bully uh, Busting uh, 99, I was saying, according to Ken Rigby, that one in six children were being bullied. Now, clearly, the media's played a fabulous role in alerting us to the, the, the dangers associated with school bullying and maybe our research uh, methods are better. But currently, UNESCO is saying that one in three children are bullied around the world. So that's a huge increase. So something's not right. The second thing is people like Professor, well, Associate Professor Ken Rigby, and there are others too, by the way, saying that four-fifths of school bullying programs fail around the world. So something is very wrong. And I've got my reasons. One of them, they don't respect the whole school policy. In other words, they should be looking at bullying from the board to the principal, to the staff room, to the children, to the parents and anyone else associated. So I've got two legal cases at the moment where teachers have been bullied out of a school, one where there are 20 others bullied out. Uh, I've got another one currently being negotiated. Um, the amount of bullying this teacher has received is incredible. In other words, we've got to have a board, we've got to have a principal that really want to get rid of bullying altogether and are committed. Now, I know two years ago, everyone would have said, this is impossible. They also would have said, imagine getting kids to clean their hands, wear masks, whatever, and all the requirements we have during COVID. But funny enough, we have all changed our behaviours very, very quickly when death is around the corner. So I think it's possible for schools to say, we will become totally committed from the top down and we will audit the, the, the leadership skills, the culture, and make sure everyone is given a fair voice. And I think then you will see uh, bullying reduced. And it does happen. There are schools with fabulous stories. So the evidence is that when a school really implement the recommendations of the research, that bullying reduces, is that correct? Um, that would be my impression, Andrew. I think it's from the top down. If the principal is following it through all the time, then you will see a reduction. And the parents and the teachers and the board have to be uh, 
going along with this journey. When everyone's committed, yes, of course, you will see a change. There are other little things that are happening. For example, I read recently about a school that's introduced structured games at lunchtime. There's less bullying. There might be some other things that schools will try. But at the end of the day, either the head is responsible or he's not, just like a family. So what I'm getting from you is that the programs really are disappointing in their results, but nevertheless, they're still it's still worth applying some resources to the minimization of this issue. That's correct. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I think they need to have a bigger sandwich. Instead of just the programs, I think they've got to make sure that the commitment comes from the top down that parents are involved in the solution, that teachers are involved in the solution, and that everybody works together. And I think they need to give um, skills to children to block bullies, because as you and I know, it's very easy to teach a child how to block bullies. We've got to empower bystanders for themselves and for what they do to intervene. And we've got to provide the support for any of the bullies, the real bullies or the social bullies. Because as we know, they probably have as many, if not more, issues to deal with at home than our targets do. Mm. So if we take a bigger sam, if we make a bigger sandwich, yes, I think there's nothing wrong with the programs. You know, you and I know about some of our colleagues in Australia and overseas, fantastic stuff, but it's not applied all the time. Let's break that down a little bit. So if, you, if I may, Evelyn, what, so with parents, what do you think parents can do that's helpful in this area? The research shows that um, children who are targeted are more likely to come from overprotective uh, parents um, and bullies are more likely to come from families where there are inconsistent um, guidelines as regards um, attachment, care, compassion, uh, consequences, etc. like that. So um, I think we need to give parents a greater say in what happens. We, we've got to teach them how to listen to their children and work with their children, to be there for their children. Daniel Matthews, who I'm actually interviewing tomorrow in LA, has written some lovely stuff on this. And, and I think she's got a really good point that we have to work more with parents and support them. So the, the scared, overprotective mother uh, has got the confidence to let go, to break the umbilical cord. Or the parent who's, you know, our tiger mum can maybe back off and say, hey, there's another, other ways your child can achieve apart from belting them on the legs. So it's partly identifying the inner learning strengths or inner genius in children. And then it's about basically encouraging a world of daring do. Is that right? Where they, where they explore, they're not being overly cosseted or protected. They're being, uh, they're being equipped to basically deal with the roughage of life. Is that that's summary. part of it, Andrew. That's right. So uh, what's appropriate for the de de developmental stage and encourage them to go out and make a bunch of friends, encourage them to use appropriate social skills, um, show them how to confront and disagree in a respectful manner. I think it's about good parenting, really. Um, and I think many of us don't know what good parenting is because we've never had it. And I think it's about pointing it out and saying, well, this is what you need to do. Things like, you know, family meetings, things like, you know, when you go to bed at night, so, you know, just 
give your child some respect. You know, oh, gee, you did so well in school today. I'm so proud that you got another few marks or you helped your friend or whatever. I think we have to really work at, uh, as very busy parents today, at making sure that children get the basics of what I call love and guidance from our parents. And they will emulate that. They will just follow that because that's the research. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And with schools, I mean, obviously getting the boss on board and having the, you know, the, the head, the head people kind of taking this seriously. What else can schools do and teachers do better? Well, I think it's it's an understanding. Um, no, I'll try that again. I think it's a basic acceptance that like asbestos, bullying can change the, the brain and the body. I, I don't think that's touted enough anywhere. In fact, you know, school bullying is not even mentioned in the DSM-5, the psychiatrist Bible. So no wonder nobody takes it seriously. And I think we have to realise that bullying, uh, school bullying, workplace bullying can cause a long-term severe trauma and it changes the whole person's life. So I think we need to get schools to regard it seriously, not to say it's part of life or it's the making of the man or girls will be girls, whatever, but rather this is a really serious form of physical and psychological injury. And we need to regard it like any other physical or psychological injury and take it seriously. So bullying really is a breakdown of relationships. So if I was to bully you or you were to bully me, it would require a degree of dehumanization of one another, wouldn't it? We'd have to kind of stop worrying about one another's feelings or be disregarding of that and think about power as a much more important issue or competition than that. So in terms of this, I guess it relates very powerfully to the area of relationships and how we not only form them, but repair them or maintain them as respectful places. Is that, is that right? I think that's perfect. I think that's about saying, if I receive respect and compassion at home, then I don't need to bully someone elsewhere or be bullied by them because I know what standards to uphold. And if people don't respect me, well, then I'll just block them or get out of their way. Um, so I think I think what you're saying is it's really important if we're going to teach young people how to have better social or better lives as human and social beings is we've got to teach them respect and compassion compassion for themselves and respect and compassion for others to 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 wonder what it's like and to wonder why is Jack bullying all the kids in this class you know is it because he's on the spectrum is it because his parents divorced what is going on rather than Jack called me fat and I hate being called fat without thinking beyond that and saying well why is he behaving like that why am I taking it personally is it mm. true is it not true etc I think we are such a me generation um, that we don't think about what's going on for other people. In the East, by the way, you know, China, Japan, Korea, probably Vietnam, people are more part of a collectivist sort of society and are thinking more about the group, which has its good and bad aspects. But in the West, we just think about me, me and me. And we become very selfish and we don't think about the impact of our behaviours on other people. And I think in a nice democratic sort of family, uh, kids are made aware, you know, you don't treat your baby sister or your brother like that. And you don't speak to mum or dad like that. And you say hello to grandma. I mean, last night, I fortunately being in Melbourne was able to meet my grandchildren out for dinner. We couldn't go to their place. And, you know, one of them says, hi, Nana, you know, and her mother says, go up and say hello to Nana. 
you know it's this comes from parents doesn't it to respect then children feel valued and loved because they're respected and they can continue so at the end of the day it's back to some of our analytic training that's been updated and the bulby attachment theory that if we've got that sense of um, safety and love and security and feel attached to our main caring parent whoever that is then we will feel good and compassionate and give to others rather than abusing others or losing our own uh, powers. So when you and I started out, we were focusing on how do you equip victims of bullies to do things differently? And I don't know about you, Evelyn, but I got quite a lot of criticism that basically what I was doing was sort of not looking at the bullies. I was looking at the victims and how to empower them, um, which was quite hard. I don't know. Anyway. um, And so clearly but it's almost as if there was a, a school of thought that said we should wait until all the bullies sort of give up and then we can kind of deal with the people who are their, their victims. And it seemed to me crazy thinking at the time and it still remains so. So I'd be firstly interested to see whether you actually ever received any criticism that way. And secondly, what are the things that we can do to equip kids to be less, less tormented, less terrified by the bully's behaviour? It's a very interesting question, and I have a feeling that there's a, and and firstly, let me say, I'm sorry that they treated you like that, because I think it was totally inappropriate. Um, I I think the issue is, is that if someone leaves a banana peel at school, and I slip on, on it, as you know, I could get a bruise or nothing, I could break my hip. Um, and bullying is the same. It affects hardly affects some people and others. It's just awful. And it's not my fault I slipped on the banana peel. There's no doubt about it. On the other hand, if I have to deal with a very sore hip or broken hip, it is my problem. So in dealing with bullying, um, of course, the schools and society should create a nice society. We've seen over many, many hundreds of years that this is not going to happen. We know that dealing with difficult people is a life survival skill. And I think we need to be aware of teaching children how to deal with bullies at home, at work, and of course, at school. So I think that even though I think schools have to do their job, I think we've also got to teach children how to deal with all sorts of people. That's a life skill. And funny enough, if you say to children, what happens when you block a bully? Guess what they say? They'll either leave me alone or want to play with me. So children know how the game works. You respect kids who stand up for themselves. You don't respect kids who are either bullies or who are targets. So I think that um, part of this movement you're talking about was saying we don't want to blame the, ch- the targets. And yet they're the ones with the major injury. Well, so are the bullies, by the way. But we've got to help them become, as you would say, resilient and learn how to deal with difficult people wherever they are. Um, And of course, as a therapist, you would know situations where someone suddenly finds their power. And isn't that wonderful to see when they get that aha light bulb moment? Now they know how the game works. Mm. So getting on to the bullying game. Um, like any game, you have two, a few players and winners and losers, unless you're playing with Legos. So the issue is, is how do you win? How do you not give your power away? And it's all back to your dog at home, your cat, your horse, any animal. 
An animal like us has a survival instinct. If we show the animal that we're scared or angry, vulnerable, paralyzed, that animal will say, I don't know what Evelyn and Andrew are going to do. I'm going to fight or run. And the bully is no different. So when you show your fear, your anger to a bully, I say you make them happy. So my therapy, and I'm sure yours is the same, when you're working with children, is that you teach them to be neutral, to be calm, not to take it personally. If they do, it's none of the bully's business, and to behave in a very different way. So someone says, Evelyn, you're fat. And I say, I know, I love to eat. Or I know, but I'm, I'm starting a diet tomorrow. Of course, always tomorrow. Um, Evelyn, nobody likes uh, you. you. You can go away, go away from us. And I'll say, thanks for the feedback. Or I'll say, yes, I know it's a problem. I'm working on it. In other words, to stand up tall, good eye contact, neutral face, um, I would say a pleasant smile, not a real smile, but a more of a square smile and say, well, thank you for telling me. That's very interesting. Or you're repeating yourself. You call me the same thing every day. Um, now, in bully busting and bully blocking, uh, Secret 5, there's tons of examples. But at the end of the day, it's about saying, I will not. Um, go onto the bully field with you and let you push me around. I'm going to stay where I want to stay, feel safe. I'm going to behave in a neutral way and I'm going to respond. That way, I leave the door open for you to respect me. So the kid who bashes you um, by bashing them back is not opening up the door to respect. That's ending it. And besides, it would be just horrific to say, oh, we're teaching kids skills at school that if they used at work, they'd be in prison. We can't do that. We have to say, we know the workplace is worse, though I think the figures are getting closer now. We've always talked about one in four, one in three people at work being bullied. Now, of course, it's probably one in three for both. Um, uh, we've got to teach children how to deal with harassment, discrimination, all sorts of uh, things happening in the workplace that maybe were happening before, but were not so obvious. And now the stories coming out are not very nice. So um, I was reading online today about Hollywood starting to put out policies for people being harassed or bullied. Uh, in Korea recently, a, a top actor lost all his contracts because he was accused online of bullying kids at school. So the bullies can suffer big time. You know, they're supported for a while, but then they're out on their own. And we know that they can face their own downward spiral. So I think it's about teaching targets skills, how to relate and not give away their power. And then getting back to your bully, teaching them skills and their families, of course, how to relate with respect, with compassion and standing up for their own rights too. Thank you. That's great. So we live in a very interesting time in history, I think. So on the one hand, we have movements such as Me Too and Black Lives Matter. And on the other hand, we live in a country where the Parliament House in Canberra has been described as an unsafe workplace. And so the permeation of bullying really from the very top of this country has become a remarkably concerning issue, I think. I know... I'm asking you off the off the cuff, really, but do you have recommendations for politicians, for parliamentarians about this issue? I mean, it's incredibly important if the leadership is not basically conveying the sort of respectful relationships that we need, it's, it becomes very concerning. Oh, well, that's a very big topic. <laughs> 
Andrew, um, I think that's the sad state of affairs, isn't it? That our leaders um, enabling bullying behaviour right through Parliament. Um, we see these in big corporations. Uh, Safe Work released some guidelines the last few days. I think it's out on the media today. And most of the bullying comes in the health, welfare, government, education industries. So um, you're less likely to be bullied at a store like Bunnings than you would be as a teacher, a nurse or a surgeon. Those are the sad state of effects. Why? I think it's because um, organisations that are designed to make a profit want to make sure they treat their staff well, because as... Um, you know, as the Harvard Business Review would say, you know, happy people work harder. Uh, the head of um, Virgin Airlines says he just listens to his staff and he wants them to be happy because he knows they not only will do what they're paid to do, they will do more. So it is a very sad indictment that people who work in the non-for-profits are better bullies than those who work in organisations that do really want to have a productive organisation. What do we say to them? I think we've got to make sure the policies are good, but we've also got to have processes by which people can report and by which it's resolved with respect because calling out a bully is devastating to the bully, their families and everyone else. Nothing changes. I think what you need to do in any organisation is to change the way leadership manage. In fact, that's what they're paid to do, to manage and change the culture. So once you have people having a voice, being able to feedback, difficulties being resolved in a respectful, restorative manner, um, then I think you will see the bullying get less. Currently, most people who are bullied are not able to report it. And if they did, HR make it worse or deny it uh, or send the lawyers to attack and then you have to sign a confidentiality clause. In other words, it's all superficial. So I've had great fun on LinkedIn you know, attacking organisations that say, well, we'll have another investigation, another inquiry. And we do, they know, we know they do nothing about it. Rather, what are you going to do about it? But I think at the end of the, the day, people don't recognise bullying, they don't think about it, and, you know, they don't understand what it's like to be bullied. I don't think they identify it. It's a bit like, um, you know, if you've got someone in the house saying, I need the butter, and someone says it's in the fridge and they say, I can't see it. Well, there it is right in front of you. I don't see think we actually see bullying right in front of us. And in fact, during lockdown, I've become a, an addict of K-drama. And their, their, their um, what do you call it? The movies or programs they show about school and workplace bullying are so telling. I, I'm, I'm just sick to my guts watching it, but it is so real. And it's not just career, it's around the world. It's here in Melbourne, the way people are treated at school or at work. And I think many bullies just don't realize what they're doing. I'd love to see their behaviors videoed and played back. How did you feel when you watch yourself doing this? How do you think your target felt? So I think many bullies are actually very naive. They don't understand what they're doing. They don't understand the damage and at the end of the day they think they can get away with it thank you unfortunately we need to draw to a close this wonderful conversation but i want before i do that to say thank you for the work that you've done evelyn i think that your endeavors and your initiatives have a great honor to them in terms of the intention of improving how people treat one another and i think it's a really valuable contribution that you've made. And I just want to honour your work. So thank you so much for our time today together today. Thank you.
Thank you, Andrew. And thank you too for the work you've been doing, because as you know, I came to you many years ago in La Trobe, in your office, uh, to get further inspiration for the first book. Thank you. Thank you. Um, if people would like to get in touch with you, how could they do that? My website is www.bullying.com.au. My email is efield at bullying.com.au. I obviously got in very early. And um, my mobile number, my office number, and uh, my secretary's number should all be up there. Okay. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you would like to follow up in further detail, please listen in to some of the other podcasts that we have made, which are available through the Generation Next website. There are also a series of books uh, from Generation Next in terms of nurturing young minds, uh, covering a series of issues to do with young people, and also in my own book, Tricky Behaviours and Your Best Life at Any Age, which are both available either on Amazon or through Bad Apple Press. Thank you so much, and I uh, hope to connect with you again soon. Thank you. Find more resources for supporting the mental health and well-being of young people on the Generation Next website. While you're there, consider becoming a member of the Online Learning Hub, where you can access practical sessions from leading experts on demand. There are many sessions available in the ever-expanding learning library, and each session has an instantly downloadable certificate of completion, which you may even be able to use to claim professional development. You can also feel great about your membership, with all proceeds supporting Generation Next's not-for-profit initiatives, including this podcast. You may also like to read more in Generation Next's Young Minds books. Both books contain practical and easy-to-read chapters on a range of topics from Australia's leading practitioners. Andrew Fuller's chapter, What is Resilience and How to Do It, is in the book Growing Happy, Healthy Young Minds, available on the Generation Next website at www.generationnext.com.au. We hope you found this podcast helpful. Please share this podcast and your learnings with others. Until next time, thanks for listening and for all you do to support young people and our communities.